You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. You might not recognize the name, but I guarantee you that if you are a sports fan at any level, Howie Schwab has impacted your life. Howie spent the first few years of his post-St. John's University days as the editor-in-chief of College and Pro Football News Weekly. He joined ESPN in 1987 and worked his way up quickly. By 1995, he was the coordinating producer for ESPN.com, including putting bracketology on the website, something that helped that phenomenon take off. Beginning in 1998, Schwab served as coordinating producer for ESPN Studio Production. But he gained his fame as the ultimate foe in ESPN's trivia contest, Stump the Schwab. I'm not sure he ever got beat. His ability to pull facts out of his brain was absolutely amazing. Howie, welcome to Sports Connections. David, good to be with you. And yes, how I got beat. I got beat 16 times. Out I was of how many times? Out of 80. 64 and 16. I was uh, exactly 80%, which I was very proud of. But I got beat. I'm, I'm honest about it. Uh, one time I was in Vegas and someone said, oh, you never lost. I said, yeah, I lost 16 times. He goes, what? You lost that many times? That's terrible. Oh, come on. Yeah, really. I mean, that's 16 times against a panel of three sports trivia experts. Uh, 80%, that's almost Harlem Globetrotters uh, ballpark. So that's pretty good. Well, my attitude was if I won, I won, I lost, I lost. Just have fun. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're here to do today. So how did you become a sports fan? Uh, Very young. Very young. I was uh, really into sports. My mom and dad were great about it. My dad took me to my first baseball game at age four. Uh, Yes, I remember the Mets played the Cubs and the Cubs won one zip. Uh, (laughs) Then I went to a Dodger Met game and Willie Davis homered. I remember that very well, too. But that was when I was four. Uh, Bottom line is I've, I've been very lucky that in life I've found what I wanted to do very early and have been able to work my way up and enjoy sports and been involved in working in sports for 40 years. So uh, I'm very happy with that. I mean, some people wake up in the morning, they work on Wall Street, and they're not happy. Well, I could say I wake up every morning, I put on different sports things and enjoy it. Uh, I stay up late at night and watch games. I watch so much of the Olympics. Oh, my. It was was wild. But I'm lucky. I'm passionate about sports and I enjoy it. So to be able to work in it, that's great. Yeah. Were, were you athletic growing up? Did you play a lot of sports? Uh, I played a few. Uh, not that well. I got cut for the baseball team and the basketball team in high school. I did play one year in the tennis team, but I was off the bench. and Not great. And uh, I was an okay athlete, but not not outstanding. Not not olympic type or pro type no not by any stretch but that, that sounds a lot like me howie i i uh, the only letter i ever got was for the varsity golf team i did play tennis but never played varsity but i i was on the varsity golf team because we had it, we had four uh high school golfers who regularly shot in the mid 70s and the the state required that we have five guys on the roster. So the coach put an open tryout, said anyone wants to come and play the local course, the best nine hole score is on the roster. You'll get a letter, but you'll never see the practice 
never see practice or the matches because we have four really good golfers. And I won that competition. I think I shot like a 53 and nine holes. And I was pleased that I made the, I made the golf team, but I never, never sniffed practice, much less any of the matches. So, but, but you got a letter. So that's important. I did. So, um, when you first came to ESPN and I I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over what you did from the journalistic standpoint, but people recognize you from ESPN. So when you first came there, did you have any idea First of all, what, what ESPN could become, it was growing certainly at that point, but did you have any idea what it could be become and what it might hold for you? Uh, as far as ESPN's growth, I did know because it already had started. And when I first joined ESPN, uh, I think there was a lot of positive vibes. Uh, the NFL started slightly after I got there, mm-hmm. but uh uh, I believe that ESPN was meant to be for sports fans. Oh, yeah. Uh, my philosophy on some of the things they've done since I left is another story, but and that's fine. I talk about it if you want. But uh, bottom line is I did think ESPN was going to be very big, but I was happy that I was part of a team. And that, to me, was very important. Yeah. Uh, as far as myself... I had no idea I'd do Stump the Schwab. Um, I felt happy that I was a vital part of studio production. I was involved with different shows like College Game Day. I was involved with different people, on-air talent, worked with a lot of different great people, whether it was Chris Berman or Dick Vitale Mm -hmm. or Stuart Scott or Mike Tirico or on and on and on. There's so many Keith Oberman, Dan Patrick, just a lot of great people. You worked with so many great people. The the list of people, especially for people, I think we're about the same age. I'm 62. We're around that same same uh, era. I know. <laughs> yep. Okay, but for people our age who really, the idea when ESPN started in 1979 was it's about time somebody had a 24 hour sports network. Um, that some of those great, great names, uh, just talk about working with some of those people like, you know, Dan Patrick and, and, and even Tom Mees. I don't know if Tom was gone by the time you started there, but no, 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 no. I was, I was very friendly with Tom. Okay. I actually went to a Hartford Delaware basketball game with him and he was like a hero for the Delaware people. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, sadly, I also remember the day he died. Yeah. Because Tom and I saw each other about an hour before he died. Oh, wow. He was at ESPN. He had just finished the Stanley Cup Finals. He was supposed to do a chat session, which I was involved with. Hmm. Okay. But there- and unfortunately, Tom uh, couldn't make it because he was at the Stanley Cup Finals. He was supposed to do it from there. He apologized to me and said, we'll do it soon. And then two hours later, I'm in the newsroom and a young lady named Kil J. Hong got a phone call and Charlie Steiner was there and I was there. And uh, Tom had actually just spoken to Charlie in the, in the uh, outside uh, before he left. And Tom went home and uh, his daughters were swimming. And unfortunately, his daughter, one of his daughters had a problem and Tommy didn't know how to swim and he jumped in the pool anyway. 
to save his daughter. And unfortunately, yeah. uh, that's when he passed away. And yeah. Tommy was a great, great guy. Loved hockey, loved sports, loved people. Yeah. Great to work with. That's the thing about ESPN. The personalities were great to work with. Whether it was Keith Oberman, Dan Patrick, Chris Berman, Dick Vitale, Mike Tirico. And I'm blessed that I still keep in touch with several of them. Uh, I've been involved on Dan's show a couple of times. Uh, I actually texted back to Mike Tirico during the Olympics. Told him he was doing a great job. He texted me back. And uh, you're in, uh, unfortunately, another one was Stuart Scott, who unfortunately right. passed away too early. Stuart and I obviously had a bond because we worked together on Stump the Schwab and we had so much fun. I saw his daughters grow up before my eyes. And uh, Stuart was just a great human being, great guy, fun to be around. We had a great time. Yeah, great, great personalities, great names, uh, certainly, especially in the early, early years. They're so big now, it's kind of hard to keep track of where everybody is. But in those early years, if you turned on ESPN, you, you knew you were going to see one of those guys you just mentioned. Were you happy? Most of the time you were behind the scenes. Were you happy behind the scenes or did you have a yearning to be uh, on the camera? Absolutely thrilled to be behind the scenes. I had no problem whatsoever uh, with that. Uh, to be contributing, to be part of a team, to make sure that the accuracy of a lot of things was there, um, to help research and get information to the talent. Uh, all of that was very important to me. I was very involved with the ESPY Awards, uh, helping select nominees and helping with the process and uh, I did a lot of different things there, and I had a great time there. And uh, it was a great, great experience, 26 years. Yeah, that's that's an impressive run. Um, describe what a producer and editor does. I mean, I, I we described what your roles were. Describe some of the things. And you just touched on them a little bit. Give us a little more detail with what, well, what you did with those roles. Well, for example, uh, as a coordinating producer, I helped out uh, – with different, like Sports Center, would have daily rundown meetings, discuss different things to bring up uh, that we should put in the show, uh, ideas to enhance that. Um, I'd also go check uh, scripts. I would check graphics to make sure spelling was correct. A producer basically is in charge of the rundown for the show. Okay where they will determine what order you're going to show a highlight, what order you're going to do a story. Uh, and if you have to uh, maneuver around during a show, if say there's breaking news or uh, say a uh, game is not over that you thought you were going to have a highlight, that you had to work around that. So a producer is juggling a lot of balls during a, during a show. Coordinating producers overseeing the producer, uh, editors, of course, are editing the videos. Uh, the show is live, but right. the, the videos, obviously, you're cutting highlights and cutting different features and things. So uh, there are a lot of very important people. It's, it is a team. And that was the thing I loved about ESPN. 
people understood their roles, understood they were part of a team, and they enjoyed being part of a team. And I certainly enjoyed being part of a team. Now, uh, obviously, Stump the Schwab was fun. I enjoyed it. I loved the production people. And uh, to me, it was a, a great moment. I was involved in some other things on air. Uh, and it was always fun. You, t- you talked about the team teamwork aspect. Certainly for a network that is based on sports, teamwork has to be a critical part of that, doesn't it? Uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, and I think that people understood uh, that they had a valuable role, that they contributed and did a lot of different things. I mean, there were times, I'll give you an example. There was one time uh, Iowa was playing Hawaii in football. And because of Hawaii time, the game was going to be overnight. And back then, uh, there were not as many people working at ESPN. Yeah. Well, I asked the question, who's, who's producing the, the highlight for the next day? Iowa may get upset. They're a top 10 team. Oh, we don't have anybody to do that. I said, okay, I'll volunteer. Uh, five or six other people said, oh, that's a great idea. Let's all watch the game. Six of us watched the game, uh, then went down Hawaii, upset Iowa on a Jason Elam field goal. Bob Wagner was the coach. They beat Hayden Fry's team. Uh, in fact, Iowa was picked one by Mike Francesa that year. But anyway, bottom line, we then went downstairs. We cut the highlight. With, we got an editor to sit with us. We had basically followed the game. We wrote down what we thought would be important highlights of the game, touchdowns, big plays, whatever. We cut a 40-second highlight, and we left it on the desk for Sports Center the next day. We knew that no one else was going to have that highlight because no one else was going to sit there at 3 in the morning cutting it. Yeah. There's no way. But we volunteered. We said, hey, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. And then we went to Denny's. <laughs> of course you did. That's a great, that's a great ending to the story. You know, one of my favorites besides Stump the Schwab, and I, I never beat you by the way, but uh, you know, I, besides that, one of my favorite shows, and I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, I think Stuart was the host of it as well, but it was a show where they, they got people who wanted to be, sports center anchors and they were competing against each other. And there was one guy that actually ended up, he was a university. Okay. Missouri grad. Okay. The, the show was called dream job. Yes. And actually Stuart was involved. Kenny main was involved. A lot of people, I was actually involved as well. Um, dream job was a fun show. Uh, Mike Hall, who ended up now at uh, big 10 network started there. And then Dave Holmes one year, too. Yeah. Dave, Dave also had a career as well. Uh, both had careers at ESPN for a little while and were great guys. And yeah. they deserved to win. We had a guy on the show who was a comedian who's done very well. We've had, we had back then a number of people on the show that uh, were pretty talented. And there were good drills that they went through. It was a lot of fun, but Dream Job, uh, I don't know if you can find it on YouTube or not, but uh, I know you can find Stump the Schwab a little bit. But Yeah, that Dream Job to me was, was 
I don't know whose idea it was. It was absolutely brilliant because how many people sit there and say, well, I could read the sports. You know, I know a lot about sports. I could read the script and give you the highlights and stuff. And then they would, the the viewers would see how difficult it is because you got somebody talking in your ear the whole time. And then you got breaking news and, and you guys did such a good job of showing all that goes into being a sportscaster. And it was phenomenal. And I thought the coolest part of it was the guy got to basically name his own salary. The further he went in the lightning round or whatever you called it, the more salary he got with his first year contract with ESPN. I just thought that was, that was a phenomenal idea. Well, now if they did it again, you'd be very careful what you asked for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, um, I want to change the subject a little bit here uh, to what you're best known for. My friends in college used to tell me I was good at Trivial Pursuit because I had a trivial mind. And I took that as a compliment. <laughs> so were you always good at trivia? Um, I just guess I know sports. I, I, I loved sports. When I was at ESPN, I had to be responsible for accuracy. Yeah. Well, I made sure I knew every roster and every team and everything. And I thought it was really important. Um, now, now that I'm doing a little bit less, I don't worry as much about that, to be honest. And I'd probably get beat a little bit more on trivia, but that's okay. Yeah. Our, the, there were four of us that, that lived together for two years in college and and we, this was before the, the Trivial Pursuit came out, but the Sports Trivial Pursuit had not, had not debuted yet. Um, but we would just, we would, there was four of us. One guy was just phenomenal at baseball, and I was second. Another guy was really, really good at football, and I was second. And then the third guy was a savant at basketball, and I was second. And so if we would focus on one sport, I'd always finish second. If we did a cross section, then I would win because I was more, I was more well versed. But we had this one, this one guy with basketball. He was, you know, we thought, okay, we've got to be able to figure out a way to stump him. So we got the 1980-81 NBA register, figured out who was the worst team, Phoenix Suns, who's the 12th man on the Phoenix Suns, and said, okay, Brent, where did Bayard Forrest? go to college oh my god and he goes grand canyon like okay we give up (laughs) wow that's that's a pretty good one wow so anyway i i wasn't the best at any of them but i loved the variety of it what was your best subject my favorite subject probably is college basketball i went to st john's university in new york and that was a basketball power yeah and to me college basketball is the most fun but when I played the game, I was lucky because I'm a big boxing fan. I'm a big tennis fan. I'm a big golf fan. So I was able to answer a lot of questions in different sports. Now, I remember one time, I'll never forget this. It was funny. I was playing against a guy whose name is Nabate Isles. Nabate Isles has gone on to be a Grammy-winning musician. Hmm. And- Great guy and a very good friend, as it turns out, after the show. Uh, Nabate is very talented and knows his stuff. Well, I didn't know Nabate, obviously, when we played. So I figured I'll give him boxing questions when boxing came up. And as it turns out, uh, 
Nabate knew his box. He got all three right and he beat me. And I was like, oh. And then afterwards he told me, uh, I work for a promoter. <laughs> I'm like, oh, now I know. Great. Okay. Well, it's the luck of the draw. You just yeah. didn't know. Whose idea was Stump the Schwab? Is that something you went to ESPN about or they oh, came to you? No. no, they came to me. Uh, Mark Shapiro, very talented senior vice president, called me in his office one day and said, uh, do you know why you're here? I said, I, maybe something with Vital, because I worked with Dick Vital closely. And I still do, actually. And he said, no, no, pardon me, we're doing a, a new show. Uh, it's called Stump the Schwab. Uh, you're going up against people. I said, what? Okay. Well, what happened was a, dip, a bunch of production people had the idea of, let's do a trivia show. Who's the smartest guy here who would be able to play? Uh, Schwab. Schwab will answer everything. <laughs> and I remember what I said to him. I said, I win, I win, I lose, I lose. I just want to have fun. And the first time I went to New York to do the show, uh, to do a rehearsal, they said, oh, we're going to have a stand-in. You can watch. I said, no, 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 no. Let me sit in the chair. Let me sit at the desk. Let me get comfortable. Let me see what this is going to be like. And after five minutes, I felt very comfortable. And I think there were times opponents with the lighting, with the atmosphere, with the reality that you're on TV, got nervous. Yeah. I remember one guy, Stewart asked him a question, uh, name the last 15 NL Cy Young winners. Or was it AL or NL? It was AL or whatever it was. The first guy he said was Eric Gagne, and it was wrong because it was the wrong league. And clearly he was nervous. Yeah. He was pretty good, that guy, but unfortunately he didn't win because of that. I was very relaxed. I, I always in my head, like we had the leading off game. Uh, if they said, name the last 15 of this, I, I would think in my head, okay, let me put four or five in my head. Okay. And hopefully they weren't taken and then keep going. And most times I was, I was okay. So. Did you ever, you know, we, we talk about our, our description is, is pull one out of your ear. Did you ever, you know, I, oh, yes. the, the, for, the format was the category and then each person got to do it and went around, went around the room basically. And when it came time for you, you had to come up with one that hadn't been, hadn't been done. So um, did you ever just like, oh man, it's coming to me and I have no clue. Oh, I'll go with uh, Bayard Forest, Grand Canyon. Did you ever have one like that? Oh, I'm sure I did. I'm sure there were a couple of times and there were a couple of times I missed. So, but I do remember one time uh, in the final round at the poker table, at the table with Stewart. It took me about, you see, they edited it. it. Took me about seven minutes to get the answer. I'm saying, no, it's not this guy. It's this, it's that. It's, uh, I vaguely remember the question, but I was like, Oh my God, let me think. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Noose. No, no, no. 
finally I spit it out and I, I almost cried. I was, <laughs> I swear I was like, Oh, it was a pivotal point in the game. So I was very happy that I won that game. So, and there were times I lost. I, I remember a time I, I missed it. It was one time. There were times we did three shows a day. There were times we did four shows a day. One time we did four shows a day in a day. And I was so burnt out by the fourth show. I remember I lost to a kid who went to Johns Hopkins. And nice kid. Uh, but I was terrible that day. I, by the last question, I was like, get me out of here. <laughs> Be honest. And then I went and got a burger and everything was good. Yeah. <laughs> What's the toughest question that you remember answering correctly? Probably the one that took seven minutes. <laughs> and in all honesty, I don't even remember. the. I, I've tried to blank out that question now because it was, it was so frustrating and so tough. Um, I wish I could remember. Yeah, it's okay. I'd rather forget yeah. it. But, uh, I mean, they had, hey, they had tough questions. It was, it was a good show. And I had fun with it. And the other thing that's interesting is people, oh, they gave you the answers. No, they didn't. Yeah. No, they didn't. I, in fact, they had security there to make sure no one came into my, if, if someone came into my uh, dressing room, and once in a while, I did have friends stop by that they wouldn't help me. How are they going to help me? They didn't have the questions. Yeah. But people used to think that because you have to immediately take someone down because how can they get this right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I do remember the 85 Villanova basketball team. I was at the game when they beat Georgetown. So uh, I do remember uh, – Different things. I mean, it's, uh, different players who they played for and stuff. And that's, uh, or actually, I remember one time. <laughs> this was funny. We're in the newsroom at Sports Center, and uh, there was a boxer named Francisco Damiani, and I think he was like the third-ranked Italian heavyweight. <laughs> so. Someone made a comment, oh, who's this Francisco Damiani? And I said, oh, he's ranked third amongst Italian heavyweights. And someone looked at me and said, are you kidding? I said, no. I, he's, he's fought. Uh, I've seen him. It's just funny how things happen. My uncles were Major League Baseball agents. They're since retired. Um, but they, they'd always come to Kansas City, where my mom still lives, and uh-huh. And various ones would, would come up. And one time my uncle Alan was, was in town and, and he, he gets off the phone and he looks at my mom and he says, tell David, we just signed Rick Porcello. Uh-huh. And then he starts to describe who, who Rick Porcello is and sure. he stops himself. And he says, and, and this was when Rick Porcello had not signed yet. And he stopped, <clears throat> I mean, with the, with the Tigers and he stops himself. He goes, wait a minute, David will know who Rick Porcello is. You don't need to describe that. And my mom says, and I had long since moved out of her house, but she said, how come David can remember all these facts and figures and can't remember to take out the trash? 
And, and he said, because trash didn't make the cut. There you go. <laughs> so it sounds like you and I are a lot, a lot alike. Um, in, yeah, I'm, I'm not thrilled about taking out the trash. <laughs> <either. Right. laughs> okay. Those pretty good pictures. So. I know ESPN had some personnel cuts that just were financially uh, motivated, and that included you. What have you done since you left ESPN? Well, I've done a lot of things. I've, uh, I still work with Dick Vitale, like I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, working on his website and working on information for games and things. Uh, uh, I worked with uh, Dan Patrick on Sports Jeopardy for a few years. I worked at Fox for two years as the college basketball bracketologist. And one year I missed only one team in the field. So yeah, it was 67 to 68. So I, I felt pretty good about that. And I had a great time with that. Unfortunately, they decided to go a different direction, too, and went with Mike DeCourcy, who's a great guy who I like and good for them. Um, I've done other things as well, little things, uh, stat information for people. I've uh, done a little bit uh, radio, TV, but not that much. And you know what? I'm happy because... Uh, from Connecticut, I moved to Los Angeles. Uh, well, I went to Los Angeles to work on Sports Jeopardy. And that's where I met my wife, Susie, my, my second wife. My first wife, unfortunately, passed away at age 55. Uh, but uh, Susie's been great. And what happened was we met in L.A. when I was doing Sports Jeopardy. And then after that... Uh, it took a little while, but we got married. Uh, we moved from California. We lived in L.A. for a year when I was working at Fox. And then we moved to Florida. And then now we've moved to a, a nicer condo in Aventura, Florida. And the key thing in life is try to be happy. Yeah. The key thing in life is it's not all about money. It's not all about work. Just try to enjoy your life. I mean... And Susie and I enjoy our life. We enjoy watching Young and the... Here's a secret for you. I watch Young and the Restless every day. <laughs> Either on tape or live. I, I watch Young and I do not miss an episode. I love Young and the Restless. It's our favorite TV show. We watch America's Got Talent, The Voice. We watch a lot of TV. Uh, yes, I watch sports. I do watch Sports Center sometimes. But you know what? We're in a different era too. Yeah. You follow your scores on on your phone. You you see your highlights on computers. It's a different world. So Sports Center is a different world too. Yeah. Yeah. This is the part, you know, we talked before we started the recording. This is the part you've been looking forward to the most. I always wrap up my interviews with with two questions. The first is talk about your family. Oh, my family. I'm blessed. My mom and dad are still alive, uh, 89 and 84. I have a sister and a brother-in-law. Uh, I have a stepdaughter now through my wife. And uh, family is very important to me. Family is something I talk to my mom and dad every day. Uh, they live in New York, where I used to live uh, on Long Island. And they're they're hanging in. They're doing okay. And Susie and her daughter, are, my stepdaughter Ashley, 
are living here. And like I said, we try to enjoy life. So that's important. Yeah. And I got to, I got to meet her through zoom uh, before we started this. And I, I too, am, I overachieved yeah. I the coverage out punted your coverage. That's true. Yeah. I have a friend who punted in the NFL who used that. And another guy who's, who was a ski jumper who said, oh. yeah, I'm out over the tips of my skis as well. So there's a lot of great sports analogies, but they all say the same thing as we're fortunate uh, that if, if we overachieve in one thing, we pick the right thing to overachieve at. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Last question. I, and you can interpret this however you want, answer it however you want. What is your legacy? Uh, that I love sports. I love it. Uh, I, I like my legacy to also be some of the charity work I've done. Uh, for years, I was involved in Make-A-Wish in Connecticut. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to do as much down here in Florida, but uh, I've been involved in a lot of charity work. That was one of the disappointments of being let go by ESPN because I did a lot for different charities, made appearances, didn't get paid. I, I didn't care about that. I cared yeah. about doing the right thing. Yeah. So Make-A-Wish was always, in, and Make-A-Wish honored me with a national award. So I was very touched by that. That's awesome. But uh, there were other charities I helped out. Uh, and if you have a name and you can help out, that's great. That's if people know who you are or respect you and you, by showing up, you can get donations or do whatever. Uh, that's important. I mean, we, we made appearances like at vet, veterans groups, uh, different things. And uh, I know that's kind of behind the scenes kind of thing. But uh, to me, I was very proud of that and being involved with that. I was proud that ESPN had a young lady named Shelly Hunter who did great, great work setting these things up. And I'm still very close with Shelly. Great. Awesome. And I don't know if ESPN is doing as much of that, but that's, you know, my departure from ESPN was disappointing because I gave 26 years of my life. I worked very closely with a lot of people, including presidents of the company, George Bodenheimer, Steve Bornstein, uh, vice presidents at Durso. Uh, I was there for people and tried my best. And what happened was because of my, but my money was out of the research department, uh, a member of the research department and the head of the research department decided uh, everybody's got to cut staff. So how are we going to save payroll? And we went in a room, there were a hundred people from research. And I looked around and I said, okay, who's getting cut? Well, this guy's not getting cut. He's too close with the research head. Oh no, this guy's not getting I said, I'm done. Mm. And people were like, are you out of your mind? Uh, I talked to a couple of people. I talked to Dick EV and Dick EV said, no, that, no way, no way. Then a week later he called me and said, uh, I'm starting to wonder because I asked someone up high and they wouldn't talk about it. And so I'm, I hope that's not true. If it is, I'll take care. I'll 
I'll hire you to work for me doing research, whatever. And so that's what happened. Hmm. I'll never forget the day I got let go. Uh, basically, it's go pack your stuff. Uh, and that's it. I literally threw a bunch of books in my car. I left a lot of my research info there. They shut down my computer files because they didn't want me taking it with me, which was absurd. And they wouldn't even let me go up to the newsroom to say goodbye to people. Mm-hmm. And that, that to this day still bothers me, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I had to reach out to some people uh, over the phone. Uh, some people to this day I've never spoken to, uh, which is a shame. Uh, there have been some people I've run into at different things uh, after I left there. And what can I say? Yeah. Well, you like to leave on your own terms. Yeah. You like to be able to decide after 26 years, for example. Or I think about a guy named Barry Sachs. He was there over 30 years. He got let go. Very important person. He was in a few commercials. He was very important to the staff. But yet ESPN under Disney has concentrated on the almighty buck. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, there have been some people who have been able to get a lot of the almighty buck. And I'm not trying to be critical of some of them. Uh, Example, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith works his butt off. He's a good guy. Uh, Some people may not like him on TV because of his opinions. Uh, I think he's great. And he makes a lot of money, more power to him. I have no problem with that. I do have a problem when, I probably shouldn't say the name, but uh, there was a young lady who was hired who's gotten very little time on TV, who's getting a million dollars. And to me, that was a bit of a joke. But my salary, to be honest, was never like that. And I did a lot of things besides doing Stump the Schwab. Um, I tried to be a team person. I thought my role was important. I tried to be a contributor and my ego was not through the roof I felt. And yet, uh, goodbye. Yeah. It's already eight years. I mean, that's kind of weird, but it's okay. Bottom line is I won. I'm living in Aventura, Florida. Beautiful wife, beautiful condo. Smart with the way we've handled money and just try to enjoy life every day. And that's why I love sports because every time you watch a game, there's drama, there's intrigue, there's a different plot, and you just enjoy it. So I've been blessed. So that's the bottom line. Plus, I've enjoyed speaking with you. Well, I've enjoyed having you. I'm going to break my rule. I always wrap up with that legacy question. But because of because of who you are, and you said your favorite was college basketball, we have a show around Kansas City called Stump the Chumps. And obviously, it was based on your, uh, on your uh, show, Stump the Schwab. And you call in with a question. And if you can stump them, they give you a similar question coming back. 
And I have stumped them over the years. They've been doing it for about seven or eight years. I've stumped them 15 times and I've answered the comeback nine times. So I've gotten free uh, Cajun food. There's a local restaurant called Jazz. You guys send me some Cajun food. I'm ready. Uh, Well, I'll tell you what, let me, let me work on that. But anyway, I have stumped them. This was my all time favorite college basketball trivia question. Name the only player who completed his eligibility. So he played as long as he was eligible, never started a game and was a number one, a first round professional draft pick. Wow. He was probably a first-round draft pick of a different sport. No, in in basketball, but I didn't say NBA. So there's a hint that about the era, and that will help you with what team he probably played for, why he didn't start. Um, Oh, God, you're making me think. Not coming to me right away. Number one overall pick. I mean, no, not overall, not number one overall, first round pick. First round. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Do you want his col? You want his college or his pro team that he was drafted by? Give me his college. UCLA backed up Bill Walton. Swen Nader. There you go. There you go. I've, uh, I've stumped him and gotten free Cajun food off of that one. Okay, well, that's at least I got it after we, I didn't have to think too long after you, I, I got the drift. Yeah. All right, my friend, it's great to catch up with you. And I will look forward. Oh, yeah, to- wait, wait. Now I got to give you one, right? Okay. All right, go ahead. This is one I use once in a while. Who's the only man to compete in the Final Four and win the Heisman Trophy? Barry Beeman. Terry Baker. Terry Baker. Wrong school. I mean, wrong. It was same, that same era. Yep. Yeah. Terry Baker, Oregon State. Yep. Yep. There you go. All right. So we stumped each other. Good job. Well, I still want some Cajun food. I'll see what I can I, do I about that. I did get Swanator after a little hint, but still. I, yeah. You know, All food. Right. Uh, my legacy probably is really food, but no, no. <laughs> <laughs> my wife thinks that. My wife thinks, you know. You know everything about food. All you want to do is eat. <laughs> that and watch sports. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my friend. Good to catch up with you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.